Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to this, the latest edition of the Gift of Glory podcast. So excited to have you along with us, whether you're watching us live on social media or you're joining us on the, the Creative Motion Network on Roku or you're uh, joining us uh, on any podcasting platform around the world. We thank you so much for joining us. We got a great uh, show, a great interview coming up for you here this evening. But as we get started, I did want to share some great announcements. Uh, Wellverse Comedy, our improv ministry, that has uh, uh, scheduled a bunch of great shows coming up. Uh, coming up next Saturday on March 26, 6.30 p.m., we're going to be at the Southwest Community Church in Shorewood, and we're raising money for uh, RFK Greater Joliet for the RFK camp happening this summer. Uh, so uh, if you'd like to come out, tickets are just 20 bucks. All proceeds going to RFK Joliet. Uh, that's going to be, again, at uh, Southwest Community uh, Church in uh, Shorewood. So we hope to see you there. If you can't make it there, uh, we're doing another RFK. We're actually doing three total RFK fundraisers this spring. Uh, RFK Juliet uh, next Saturday. Then the following Saturday on April 2nd, we're going to be back in action at uh, Stone Church for RFK Orland Park. And then after that, we have a show uh, going on at our host church in Lombard at Lombard Assembly on North Avenue, Lombard, Illinois. This one's a free show. Come on out April 16th at 7.30. Uh, so thank you to our hosts at uh, Lombard Assembly as they uh, allow us to rehearse there. And uh, we want to give back to them a little bit. So we hope that uh, you make one of those shows. And uh, last but certainly not least, RFK Lockport. Uh, we're uh, running out the Roxy. And we got Tracy DeGraff uh, is going to be there. She's a phenomenal comedian. Uh, she's going to be uh, uh bringing some stand-up comedy, and then uh, she may join us for a game or two as we may drag her back up on stage. Uh, the uh, The tickets for this one is going to be rfkcomedy.eventbrite.com. Uh, and uh, if you need uh, ticketing information, just check out our Facebook page uh, at Gifts for Glory and uh, look for the events there. So those are the major announcements we have for you uh, right now. And now we're going to transition over to our Devotions with Dave, se- Devotions with Dave segment uh, tonight. And we're going to be reading from um, the uh, book of Psalms, Psalms 139, 13-16. So uh, let's read that passage. Uh, I'm reading from the NLT. Uh, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and, you, and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. And for me, this passage solidifies the idea that a baby is a living human being in the womb. And I think as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, this is not a political issue. This is not a Republican-Democrat issue. This is not an election issue. God makes it clear in his word that the womb is a sacred place, that God knits together the babies in the womb. And there are other passages that, that affirm this. And the very fact that the first person to recognize the arrival of the Messiah was John the Baptist as an unborn baby leaping in his mother's womb. I think we as Christians, instead of being so fearful of politics, need to stand on the truth, stand on the truth of of God's word. And right here, God is so clear that his hand is literally knitting us together in the womb. And who are we as mere mortals to look at God and say, we know better, and we can take what you're knitting together, slice and dice and sell it, and then it be okay because it's it's somebody else's choice. Maybe not my choice, but somebody else should have the right to make that choice. I don't think that we can can make that align with the word. And for me, um, like I said, it's not a it's not a politic issue. It's not a, a current events issue. This is an issue of life and death, 
And I just want to encourage you to stand on the word, stand on God's word. It will not let you down. It may be challenging, but it will not let you down. So this passage is very important to me, and I, I just love to talk about it. Psalm 139, 13 through 16. Uh, and that is our Devotions with Dave segment for this evening. And now let's get to our guest. Our guest is, uh, uh, she's a phenomenal woman of God. Uh, she's a mother of two young adults. Uh, she's been a life coach and a talk show host for 15 years, as well as hosting two podcasts, uh, Black Conservative Female and Simply Felicity, uh, which uh, can be found on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku on the Creative Motion Network. Uh, Felicity was named the 2021 Person of the Year Award, uh, for the uh, Creative Motion Network Edge Awards. She was ordained in ministry in 2020, has been blending her faith and politics while serving the community and celebrate recovery, local evangelism, and pastoring her home house church, family church. And Felicity is under the newly formed Kingdom Conservative Party, is actually running for Illinois State Senate this year. So we're going to talk about faith, politics, and how she's blending the two, about her candidacy uh, with the Kingdom Conservative Party, and so much more. Uh, so without further ado, let me bring on our guest at this time, uh, Dr. Felicity Joy Solomon. Welcome to Gifts for Glory. It is so great to be here. I was letting Dave know earlier, this is my first interview as a candidate. I'm so excited to be back on Gifts for Glory. I'm excited to have you here as well because, I mean, you're a friend, you're a supporter. Uh, you, you've been a Patreon supporter uh, of what we've been doing for a while. And I, I just appreciate your support. I appreciate your heart and your passion because you don't ever lose one or the other one, you know, because we, we we're talking about you blending politics and, and religion and faith, but you never lose one for the other. One doesn't overshadow the other. I, the only thing that does overshadow is faith. Faith That's is the right. number one, but you never lose your faith to, win a, a, an argument with politics. And I think that Amen. that's a delicate balance that we've lost in this country, that uh, we've maybe deified people or party over God's rightful place. And I think that the kingdom conservative party, just the name alone seems to want to take that back the right way. Yeah. In fact, their motto is back to original design. And so we're very excited about, you know, knowing our history and the fact that um, ministers used to be quite prominent in politics. And what we've done is by, by being so disappointed in our leadership as believers, we have given up our rightful authority as the ones who started this country. Um, we should have been the ones to stay in the leadership. Who better to arbiter the Constitution which was written based on the Bible than those that know the Bible well. then And how dare we be disappointed in the integrity of those that don't have the instruction in righteousness that we do. Mm -hmm. I, I personally have been a believer for over 30 years and very, very strong training and instruction in righteousness for like 27 of those. And so it's, um, I realized that it was my bad, right? Like I realized it's my fault. How, how dare I? I mean, it, you know, integrity, building character as a believer, it takes time. It's, it, it, you know, you have to die to yourself and all these things. They've done none of that. Right. Most of them have done none of that. And you're expecting them. See, we really don't know what we have as believers when we do that. We think, well, we're all good people. I just go to church. You don't even, if you're thinking like that, you don't even know what you have access to. Mm. And so I realized that it was incumbent upon me to do whatever God was calling me to do in this arena. That doesn't mean that all believers run for office, but it does mean we all have a political responsibility of some type and um, that we can't be expecting people that don't know what we know to do the things that that God has enabled us to do. Um, so, and, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to break into, because I, I, I pulled up this scripture while you were doing Dave's devotional. And okay. uh, my favorite scripture on the abortion issue is in Proverbs 24. And it's, and verse 10 says in the NIV, if you falter in a time of trouble, how small is your strength? 
Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? Mm. So that's strong. That's yeah. strong. And there's another version that says, don't, you know, it was like, don't tell me you didn't know. Don't you, don't you say you didn't know. So we're not doing politics in Kingdom Conservative Party. That, that it is instruction in righteousness. I'm not playing any games with some heartbeat bill. I don't want to hear about it. It's murder, mm-hmm. right? See, that's what a righteous person understands. A politician wants to go in there and you got to compromise this and you got sometimes some things you don't compromise on, right? right? right. Even, you know, even in my marriage, right? Like we, we want to get along and there's certain things you don't compromise on. Right. Like the wife submits. We don't compromise on that. Right. And there are things we submit to one another as unto the Lord. But once a decision is made, we don't compromise on that. Right. So there's just things, you know what I'm saying? We want to get along. There's a place for compromise. You don't want to. Not everything is a battle. But when you pick your battle, you got to die on that hill. And Mm -hmm. I will not be found selling out God who called me to what to what we're doing. And that's why the country is where it is. We need people that will not sell out. So I just wanted to to add that since you brought up a very important issue for us as well at, at Kingdom Conservative. Yeah, and I think it's it, it, it reflects exactly on sin in general. Um, the most egregious sins don't happen usually overnight it's usually a system of compromises. You look at all the, the mega pastors that we've seen that have fallen and fallen away. It didn't happen one day. It was yeah. a thousand days of, well, it's just this, or it's only this, or it's not that serious. And then it's not that serious became even more and more. Oh, it's not that serious. And then suddenly they're in an illicit affair. They're, they're compromising their financial uh, integrity, whatever the case may be. And the same thing happened to the American church as far as politics is, well, let's compromise, you know, 20 weeks. Yeah, we can deal with 20 weeks. And like you said, it's still murder even at 19 weeks. It's still murder at 15 weeks. Murder at three weeks. It is murder at three days. So we like to say that we are abolitionists when it comes to the abortion issue just abolition (laughs) you know what i mean like we're not about it it's no no good you know um before i knew what i was doing um i was knocking on every door um what they uh encourage you to do when you're collecting signatures is you get a list and then you knock on the door of people who voted Republican and it's it's a lot more efficient, okay? But when you don't know anything and you're excited and you printed out your form, you just every door. So anyway, um, I I got a nice uh, talking to and yelling at by by a um, older black lady neighbor, and uh, you know she's like. This is women's health care and blah, blah. You're setting us back and nah, nah, nah. And I said, listen, I said, let me just tell you where I'm coming from. I said, you can talk to me about a woman's choice. Somebody else could talk to me about a man's choice. But no man and woman can lie down together and decide that today we're making a baby. Every single baby given to a woman in that way was God's choice. I come to you recommending God's choice. Mm -hmm. That's what I honor. Period. So not a lot you can say after that. So I did get a door slammed in my face, but I felt Mm -hmm. great about it. I got to say. Yeah. And and when you go in with, with genuine love and compassion and wanting only the truth, then when they slam the door, it's because they're rejecting the truth. Amen. Too often, I, I think Christians 
there are too many Christians that go out there and will almost seek persecution, almost seek rejection by being so deliberate in how they deliver their messaging. And I think that if you just deliver it and let them reject the message and not the messenger, then you, you've done right. And I think that. Well that, said. That, yeah. So you not only are running for office, we also talked about your two shows. You have two podcasts that you uh, do. Uh, Black conservative female, which to many sounds almost like an oxymoron, like it doesn't go- jive. But I think that's why you and your fellow uh, co-host do the show. So tell us uh, about the show. Yeah, so that's indeed why. In fact, I was uh, going back to this lady. It was kind of funny when she answered the door. Um, she was like, "Oh, what do you want?" And um, when I when I told her, she's like, "Oh, let me take that, and uh, I'll get my husband to sign and everything." And then all of a sudden. I think a vision of, say, Candace Owens went before her eyes or something. (laughs) And she was like, wait a minute. What do you stand for? And then I told her I'm I'm, uh, representing a kingdom conservative platform, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, kingdom conservative? You believe the Bible. What do you think about abortion? And so... And there were two wins there. First of all, she didn't assume I was a Democrat looking at me. That means we're doing our job. That's Mm -hmm. why we have Black conservative females, so that we can continue to add to the voices, continue to show the faces of the fact that there is intellectual and political diversity among people of color. Mm -hmm. So that was a win. And the second win, of course, was that she did not assume being a Christian, which way I thought about that. So the thing is that a lot of people that are Christians and believe in abortion think everybody thinks that way. So the fact that she knew there was some diversity there was at least a good, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that is precisely why we um, we do the show. And it's kind of become a safe haven for people who maybe have just come, you know, uh, out to their families, uh, you know, saying they're conservative, things like that, just so that they know some other people. And, um, and we, you know, we fellowship over these various issues and really try to speak the truth um, and, and allow there to be some respectful dialogue over that. Um, and every, so it's, it does air weekly. Um, we have some monthly guests that return uh, because they're just favorites of people. And then we have, we, um, once a month, I try to highlight men's issues. Um, I, the, uh, our guest tomorrow, Jack Kammer, um, he has a counter feminism. He's part of a counter feminism movement. And he said, one, I think he said, one of the most sexist assumptions is that only women were hurt by the feminist movement or something like that. So anyway, the point is that men are not doing well. Uh, the suicide rate of men is is very high. Boys are doing horribly in school. And, you know, it's not like in general schools are built for the way boys are. And now they're doing even worse. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things and people aren't really aware, but it's one of my campaign issues um, that, uh, for, for example, um, Equal parenting, shared parenting, 50-50 parenting time, that should be assumed when you go into a divorce court. And it mm-hmm. is not. Things are very slated toward the woman. It is It is not fair. It is not helpful to the child. So things like that, um, we really need to begin to have our eyes on. So once a month, we try to highlight that. And as Black conservative women in particular, uh, experiencing the crisis in the Black family that we are, we find it of particular importance to highlight men's issues. Um, and so uh, that's myself and my co-host Janice Pons every Tuesday, Black Conservative Female um, on Facebook, on YouTube, and of course on our beloved Roku. Yeah. And that's a, a, a you can find the links to the YouTube, the Facebook and everything at blackconservativefemale.com. Uh is that the right, that's the right address? Actually, that was, and I, I just got rid of the website because I'm not able to keep it up now with the campaign. Oh, I'm so sorry geez. I did not update you on that. But those three words, Black Conservative Female on Facebook, on YouTube, 
you'll get there and uh, you can find it as well on Creative Motion Network. So uh, the, how did you and, and Janice find each other? Uh, because, the, like you said, the assumptions are, well, if, if you have that level of melanin, you're going to vote a certain way. How did you find and connect with, with, with Janice to, to even start the show? Yeah, so it's been about two years now uh, that we've been doing it. It was two years in February, and I invited her, Mikkel Bartholomew, and Stephanie Trussell who were all co-hosts on the first show. And for over a year, we did the show together. Um, I invited them to be guests on Simply Felicity. Mm -hmm. And um, when they were all giving me approximately the same times, oh, maybe Tuesday around 7.30, they were all saying that. I was like, oh my goodness, could I potentially get them all on one show at a time? That would be amazing. And so that would, so we first were just on Simply Felicity, but it got 6,000 views. I'd never had that many views um, at one time and everything. And we just sort of, the light bulb came on, right? That there's a place for this. And so, yeah. And so now it's Janice and myself. Once a month, Mikkel joins us. Uh, she's now a, a heavy hitter on Newsmax. So we're really proud of her. Stephanie Trussell is running uh, for lieutenant governor along with Darren Bailey. So God has really kind of made that a preparatory, a part of all of our preparation for the bigger things that we are doing now. Yeah. And you've had some some pretty uh, special guests uh one of the ones that I, I've noted has been uh, Bevelyn Beatty. Uh, you know, she's uh, a phenomenal uh, activist. Uh, how did you connect with her, and, and uh, what is new in her world? Have you been in touch? Yeah, with her? so it's so it's Bevelyn Williams now. She is married, oh. and she and her husband Ricky Williams, along with her ministry partner Edmé Chavanet, uh, started Kingdom Conservative Party. Really? So, okay. Yes, yes. So that's that. So, um, but the awesome thing was that um, I, so she had a pretty big social media following and God asked her to take it down. Mm. And then, um, and it, it, social media really means nothing to her. Like, this is a God thing for her. So she just took it down. She didn't care. She didn't know if she'd ever go back to it. And then, uh, uh, her father passed away. Some other things happened and she saw kind of why God had her do that. Just sort of be able to be present to what was going on. And then shortly thereafter, he asked her to go back on. He said, I'm going to build your social media following now. It's going to be totally centered around me. And mm-hmm. so um, when she came back to social media, I saw her video that went viral on Marcus Rogers uh, page. Um, she was in front of an abortion clinic and I Facebook messaged her. This is before things really blew up. And God had told her, anyone who asks you for an interview, give it to them. And I was one of the first people. And so with my like very, very small following at that time, you know, she said she did what God said and said yes. And uh, that that was the beginning of our relationship there. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing sometimes when you ask who will say yes. Right, exactly. Uh, so that's awesome. So um, now, simply Felicity, it's not quite as active, you know, not quite as like driven. It's you know a little bit more along my normal show. Uh, and I, I don't. That sounds almost like a negative. I don't mean it that way at no, all. No, no, it's just more laid back. I mm-hmm. um that you know that was the genesis for Black Conservative Female, but it uh was also a place just kind of for myself because I was doing a uh, show for some other people for a while, and um you know it was all about their guests and what they. I had a blast doing it, but sometimes there were people I personally wanted to interview that they weren't as interested in. Mm-hmm. So this was just going to be my podcast for me. I last year I did it every week. Um, this is my sixth season. Uh, several years I did it every week, but right now I just do it like when I have time and when I'm just really curious and interested in a person, yeah. and then I do it. So um, it's it's more of that thing right now. I, I would do it weekly if it wasn't for the campaign. Uh, right now, but yeah, so um, that simply Felicity Media is my Facebook page for that. Um, so yeah. yeah, 
and that and that is mostly just it's like christian artists um you know i get a lot of guests from um christian um the creative motion network um and then just other sort of interesting christians that i meet uh it's it's normally like christian based yeah nice and then uh, something I mentioned in your intro is you were uh, given during the uh, uh, Creative Motion Network Edge Awards, you're named uh, Person of the Year. Uh, what was uh, like? Did the what was the criteria, and how did you learn that uh, that you were named that? And uh, what has it meant? Uh, did you get a new car yeah, or stuff like that? <laughs> it was a really big deal to me. Um, yeah. I have no idea really what the criteria was. <laughs> and I found out when they announced it that night. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, ah! So I was really thankful I was watching. Um, that I didn't have to see it on replay or something. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I uh, they said they had they had thought to do that before I even did their award show. I interviewed their, um, their guests that were on their, uh, whatever their, uh, anime awards or something, Annie awards with their animation part. But, um, no, they said just, they felt like I was kind of making an impact in people's lives with the guests that I, um, had. And then even what I do, I guess, in my personal life, just, just having a Christian impact. Um, and the, the thing was that, uh, the year prior, I, I hadn't been with them very long before they did their awards. Mm -hmm. And, um, but on my vision board and one of my longtime goals and prayers was just to win an award for my shows. And so, um, you know, that year, that was my first time I would be eligible for something like that. So I just prayed and I was like, God, I know I've only been with them a couple months, but every week I'm in the top 10 and da, da, da. And I, and it was so funny, like the, when they put out the awards, it was just a post. And uh, I scrolled like really slowly and stuff because it had like a lot of awards, but I wasn't mm-hmm. on there. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the very next day they said, oh, we forgot. We had an honorable mention or something for best newbie. And it was Felicity Joy, Simply Felicity. And I just like started bawling, you know. And it just meant so much to me. So this year I was like, oh, I had my big moment last year. You know, the shows haven't been in the top 10 as much. I just want everyone else to be blessed. I know Janice is going to get an award. Her show's on there every week, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so when they did that, I was like, what? And it was like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. It just, you know, as a Christian, it's kind of interesting because um, humility is one of our tenets, you know. And so, but I, you know, God puts desires in our hearts. And I've I've had a desire to be famous. I've had a desire for recognition. That yeah. doesn't really go over well in Christian circles. Right. Like, it's really hard to say. Like, it's hard to, like, talk about. And so um, it's hard to admit. But I, I'm glad to be here tonight just to share that. Like, if you're a believer and you have that on our heart, how are we going to make Jesus famous if we don't make Jesus famous? I mean, it's like right. you kind of have to get out there to do that. We all have a different calling, right? But you know what? I'm sorry, you know, for us to constantly like just elevate the servants and the people behind the scenes and they're the best. And I get it. The last shall be first. But it's like, you know, it's like we're all pretty guys. I mean, we really need to all like whatever God gave us is what we need to celebrate about each other, that we all have a different calling in. And we shouldn't Mm -hmm. make people feel bad about the desires God has put in their hearts. So it just, it, it meant a lot to me because it was like God saying, girl, I got you. I know, you know what I mean? I know that's important to you. I did that. Like you Mm -hmm. didn't do that. I did that. And, and that's really the truth because when I was first a believer, and this is what I was talking about being instructed in righteousness, God took all that away from me. He took a lot away from me. You know what I mean? And it was kind of a rough time, but you know what? We needed to make sure that this wasn't what Felicity wanted. We needed to make sure it's what God wanted through Felicity. But And, and you don't know your character until it's tested. God yeah. has training things that he does with people. And read your Bible, okay? That's what he's doing, right? He's going to do it with you too. And you'll, you'll come out way better. 
Um, I listen, me in politics when I first got saved or before I was saved, what a hot mess. I mean, you just <laughs> would not. Oh, man, I, I'd have blown up my life. I'd have blown it all up. So I thank God. I thank God for what um, he's done in me. And then I'm able now to say, look, this is what the Lord is doing, you know, and it's marvelous in our eyes. And it truly comes down to heart. Is your heart to be famous for your sake or is your heart to be famous for the sake of the kingdom to advance the gospel? And when your heart's pure, it's like, I feel like I'm being called to this platform. It's just like being a pastor. If your heart is right, then you deserve to be on the platform in front of people. But if your heart is about you being the star and the celebrity, then get off the platform. Uh, because your heart's not right. And whether you're serving behind God's going to rip up all the platforms with coronavirus. I mean, my God, I, you know, (laughs) some of those churches, God was like, I don't care if y'all ever open again. Mm Because he was cleaning house. He's cleaning house. That's what's happening. And I think there are a lot of, a lot of churches, a lot of church people that if they haven't already really need to reflect and, and think about, what we learned during these last two years. Amen. The importance of being together, the importance of standing firm. And like you said, it, you know, standing up on righteousness, um, whether it's in the political realm or just in your community, you can't sell out, you can't sell short because the more you compromise, the easier it becomes to compromise. Amen. That's and, right. Uh, Vadi Bacham uh, said once that, uh, the easiest way to avoid persecution is compromise. Wow. And you know what? You're doing it to yourself then. Mm-hmm. And that's the real sad thing. And we are now, we are in a season of judgment. And we're seeing these things on the world stage. God is not having it. He is not having it, y'all. And it's uh, it's going down right now. So, you know, I've been told that, uh, you know, Basically, am I worried about, like, I should think about people calling me like a religious nut or this and that. You know, I'm like, listen, guys, we have straight demon manifestation now on TV. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we used to call them demons with skin on. The skin's kind of falling off, y'all. Like, it's bad out there. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, God has positioned me perfectly. Because I don't have to be politically correct one iota, not with what's happening now. You know what I mean? We are in wartime. We are in a wartime. Forget Ukraine. Talk about right here. We are in war right here. We've been in a war at least two years. We became awakened to the war that we're in. But gloves are off. I, I I don't need a... I'm not worried about people calling me a religious nut. You know, I'm happy to call you one for the craziness you believe in. You know what I mean? But at least I care about people. At least I want to help people and not like excuse people in their sin. And now they're not getting the help that they used to get when we called it sin. So that's the problem. And that's your problem. It's not my problem. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not changing, I'm not changing nothing. Someone else told me, you know, cause I'm in a kind of a conservative area and they're like, well, you know, you might want to think about your hair. I was like, dude, no. <laughs> okay. You know why? Because you can look at me and know I'm not compromising and no, I don't care what you think. How about that? That's good. That's a good thing right now. It's good that, you know, you might look at me and think of Xena, the warrior chick or something like that. You need a warrior in, in, in the halls of Congress right now, you know, in Springfield, you need someone that is not going to bow. So, you know, we'll talk about gentility in a time of peace, but it's a time of war right now. I'm not, I'm not worried about that in one bit. I'm not changing a doggone thing. This God sent me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if he wanted something else, he could have sent something else. No way. Because, I mean, I've been in training a long time for this. And uh, and I am giving God all his money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And for those that are tuning in, we're talking about a spiritual war. There will be some that might tune in and be like, oh, she's talking about violence in the streets. We're talking more or less 
more importantly, the spiritual war. Because our enemies are not flesh and blood. Our enemies are in the powers and principalities. And that's the war that we're in. Uh, Too many have decided that they would rather pretend the war is not existing. And that's why we're in this place, that we have to actually put on the full armor of God and go to war and and do the battles. The the battle is the Lord's already. It's just that we have to get off the sidelines and get in the game. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. For those that will say yes, God will move. We've been praying and praying, God move, God do something, you know? And when he's getting people saying yes, he's able to move. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how he wants to answer our prayers is through us so that we don't have um, so that we don't have what's going on in the political arena. Jamie, you see and you see her uh, her profile picture. So yeah. she is the other kingdom conservative candidate in Illinois, Jamie Milton, who will be replacing Lauren Underwood in the 14th district. Very excited about that in Congress. And we just see that there are different qualifications. You know, if somebody says, what makes you think you're qualified? It's everything I've been talking about today. Because what we've thought of as qualification, you know what? Mostly we send lawyers to, to into politics. And that's why we're getting lawfare, where they actually take the end result they want and then interpret the law however they want, change the meanings of words and things mm-hmm. like that. No, we don't. We've got quite enough lawyers there. Here's the bottom line. I can learn how to write a bill. I can read. I can learn any of the skill sets they have. You cannot learn what God did in me in in, uh, 32 years of being a believer. Yeah. You're not getting that in 30 minutes. So that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? That stuff is irreplaceable and it's needed now more than ever. Yeah. And you brought it up. Uh, you, you can't take away, you can't learn, you can't understand what God did in you uh, 32 years ago. But uh, in the format that we have now, I would like to hear about it. Uh, and our audience would love to hear about it. So uh, a little bit over three decades ago, uh, I guess when you were about three or four years old. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) God changed my life. Well, yeah, it's going to be important to clarify. I was not three or four years old. You know, I, um, I, I wish I had gone back and looked at or listened to our, our first podcast, Dave, because I'm like wondering, what did I tell him about my testimony? I'm not quite sure, but we did my video for, uh, and there's a number of angles that you could go about it, but really when I sat down with a kingdom conservative to do my website, I just wanted to be fully transparent with them. Um, the main reason that I became born again uh, about a year after I graduated from college is because I had a sexual addiction mm-hmm. and um, it was the one area of my life I could not control. I was a great student. I went to Princeton university um, I, I had, you know, a lot of ability to ignore my environment, get things done, you know, learn things that I wasn't even being taught in school. You know, it was my the school I went to didn't necessarily prep you for that. So, um, you know, I had the ability to adapt and to do those things. But um, I had sex for the first time when I was 16 years old. And after that, all I could think about was having it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, and I was already boy crazy, I think since like 12. So then it just like really ramped up and it got like really out of control. Um, in college, like I was like counting the days that it had been since I'd had sex and like my brain would shut down after a week. It was so demonic. I didn't know anything about that. I grew up Lutheran and they were so sweet. But, um, you know, the Lutheran churches I went to didn't teach anything about that. Mm -hmm. So or about being born again, actually, the ones I went to. 
So when I, uh, I went to therapy, it, it, you know, it didn't help. I just was not, you know, I would talk to myself the way I talked to myself about so many things when I had to sort of get control and get it together, Felicity, but I cannot get this together. And so, um, went to therapy. It didn't help. It actually made it worse because I really liked the lady, but anyway, um, I just couldn't get it together. So it was a year after graduation that um, I was living with my roommate's family in Maryland, and I had um, gotten a directing internship at the Arena Stage Theater in D.C., and that was six weeks long. And about, you know, two, three weeks in, I already had two boyfriends and blah, blah, blah. And so, but if you stayed with my roommate's parents, you went to church um, mm -hmm. and you went twice a week. And so, but it was not hard. I'd never heard sermons that sounded like college lectures. And I'd actually never met anyone born again that I considered intelligent. So it really moved me. And, you know, God knows how to hook a fish, right? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, I was arrogant and intellectually sort of, yeah, arrogant. <laughs> so the fact that this guy was like so, it made the Bible so fascinating and, uh, you know, used big words and stuff. And I was like hooked. He hooked me. He got me. And, um, you know, I, I saw his wife and his family and. Uh, it was an 18,000 member church in Maryland. Wow. I mean, Maryland barely had 18,000 people, right? Multiracial, black preacher. It was, it was like this phenomenal thing. I'm like, what is happening, you know? Um, and uh, I, you know, had to go down that altar. It was like an amazing thing. And um, I was immediately delivered as well. Uh, mm. from the sex addiction. It was our it was our little custom to go to church together and then we'd go to a friend of mine's house and we'd, you know, have breakfast in bed together and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we were there having breakfast and all of a sudden I was like, I don't need to be here. Mm. And he was like, nobody's making you. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't need this. I don't need to be here. I'm putting on my clothes. I'm going home. And I was like so excited and he was so not. And it was just awesome. It was the best. It was the best. I mean, I had a new man. I had a new relationship and it, you know, it's been an incredible journey because I was delivered that kind of one time and it really was cool. But then when I ran into trouble in my first marriage, um, you know, I, fell back. Not, not, I didn't have sex outside of my marriage, but it was, I caught it at the emotional affair stage. And I realized I was going backward and God mm. said, look, I delivered you supernaturally the first time, but this time you're going to learn to walk out because if you ever get in trouble again, you're going to know exactly how to get out of this thing. And mm. so it took longer but I, he did exactly what he promised to do. And so I, I was delivered from a sexual addiction twice. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and it's, it's awesome. God is so good. I think that there's so much to unpack with, with that story. Uh, first, the first thing that came to mind was you talked about the pastor of this church in Maryland kind of having a very intellectual or academic approach almost to the, to the word. And I think that, all of us as ministers, because we're all called once we believe in Christ to be ministers, that's our calling to minister in whatever lifestyle we have or whatever career we have. We can't get focused on, I can't try to be like this pastor. Or I can't try to be somebody else because that pastor was called to be intellectual and academic. Right. Other pastors are called to be more charismatic or emotional or, or a million different uh, methods but that's because God's design is to reach everybody. Yeah. And if I'm too busy trying to imitate Bonnie Bosham, I'm going to miss who God's called me to, to speak to because he called Dave Ebert to be somewhere, to be with somebody. Yeah. And so I think that that is, is a, a big takeaway. That I got to tell you something else kind of cool about that story. He, his background was a, a business. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he, um, 
he actually revealed this is uh you know several months after i was saved i was still watching them on tv i hadn't found a church yet back here in chicago and uh um he revealed he said i'm gonna tell you guys something he's like you ever see me writing sometimes during the sermon he's like sometimes i'm writing down the words i'm using because i don't know what they mean He's like, see, I realized that God gave me a congregation full of doctors and lawyers and professors. And and sometimes God will give me words of knowledge and he'll just give me words to say. And I'm hoping that they are the appropriate. (laughs) What? I was like really blown away at how like amazing the supernatural is. And that God, you know, loved us uh, arrogant people enough to do that. <laughs> but yeah, that was really something to me. God was like, yep, you see, I can do anything I want. <laughs> God's word is a living and breathing thesaurus. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Spiritual gift I hadn't haven't heard of since, actually. <laughs> and, and it's also powerful, too, because... And we're speaking frankly because um, I'm sure that's mostly adults who are going to watch this. I, I don't, uh, but we're speaking frankly. And being addicted to something like sex, it's incredibly powerful, not only because of the the spiritual and physical part of it, but also because it's not necessarily, especially the last 30, 40 years, it's not sh- shunned like a drug or alcohol. It's not something that's embarrassing. It, it, you have friends like, oh, you go, girl. You, yeah, he's handsome. You go. Or right. you know, guys are you know, encouraging each other to get another conquest. And it's one of those gifts from God that is is just misused and abused so often. And we're in a society now where it's not a bad thing to go out and, and have a, a good time like that. Because we're just completely ignorant of the long-term spiritual ramifications of doing those those kind of things and more and more they're taking every sin and you know making it cool um you know you've got your your banner children of like even you know even when they talk about fat shaming and this and that you know what i mean like you're you're bad like adele's bad for getting healthy you know what i mean like Mm. it's just um they always want to take how God wants things to be and, and, and turn and twist it. But yeah, I mean, they, you know, the devil's done that with sex for a very long time. Right. And even in back in the Bible days, right. There were gods and goddesses for sex and, and things like that. So that one's woven into the pattern of our society for a long time. Um, You know, I will shout out to celebrate recovery was the particular method God used to help me walk out that second time of both sexual relationship addiction, uh, codependency as well was all wrapped up in there. Um, But yeah, you know, and I learned so many things in there. You know, it's like addiction is addiction, um, but you have your addictions where you can absolutely quit. Um, And, uh, you know, you can never go back if you want to drugs, alcohol. You don't need those things. Sex addiction is a little closer to food, um, where if, if you married, you are to have sex. So, um, you know, it's it's something you have to learn to regulate. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you've got food going on, you can't not eat. That's not going to be your answer. You actually have to learn how to submit to God. Yeah. Um, so in order to be healthy in that. You don't really have the option to be kind of like a dry drunk in a way. I mean, it's like where you just like quit that, but then you over into something. You've got, if you're going to be healthy with it, you've got to learn how to submit the desires and the, and the, the whole journey of it to God. So it, um, those are some things that I learned even in Celebrate Recovery. And it just, it, it helps to know some of those uh, similarities and differences certainly helps to be around people, safe people that you can talk to. Um, so that's one of the ministries that I would recommend to people. But I just also think it's really important for me to be talking about it during this time. 
Um, I just think um, that it's not, it's an addiction that's not talked about very often and uh, from believers. Um, and one of my biggest concerns about ever talking about it is anytime I've ever in particular told a man about it, they always say, oh, yeah, me too. Like they don't get it at all. And then it becomes like this bonding thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like they just don't see how it could be in a day. And a lot of men are wired to be sexual. So it's just like they don't get it. So I just trying to didn't want to open that door to bad conversations. Um, But uh, anyway, you know, this is the time we're living in. People need to get free. And if you don't talk about something, then people stay, you know, monsters live in the dark. So it's just important to to shine the light now on these things and to let people know that there is freedom. Yeah. Sin is a cockroach. As soon as you flip the lights on, it'll run and scurry away. But you got to be willing to flip the light on and see what what you're stepping on. Wow. (laughs) That's <laughs> kind of so nasty, and it's totally true. That was a really good metaphor, actually, for this. <laughs> All right, so Felicity, uh, we are getting close to the hour, so I want to get into our final two segments. Uh, and um, the uh, the first one is uh, the interrogation: seven random questions that uh, otherwise wouldn't have fit in our conversation. And then I'll ask you for your wise counsel for anybody that wants to use their gifts, their talents, their passions uh, in a way that will bring God glory. So we'll dive in now to the uh, interrogation. (laughs) First question is, uh, other than my random bumpers, uh, what makes you laugh? (laughs) I hate to admit it, but dad jokes make me laugh. They're so awesome. <laughs> There's no shame. Uh, they've shown, done studies that show that the ability to enjoy and create puns is a sign of a higher intelligence. Oh, very good. Yeah, so, so I can enjoy them. I don't create them that well, but I do. I, I enjoy them as much as I enjoy making fun of the people that make them. It's just, it's a whole bowl of fun for me. Yes. Me too. In, in an improv you know, with my improv background, I'd love the pun games. I love the dad joke games. So uh, we're on the same page on that one. Awesome. Question number two, what is your go-to comfort food? Um, I will say I'm learning to make healthier ones. I just love things that I can eat and feel really good after, not feel like a headache or know that something's coming that I don't want. So I just made these, they're called Nana Chews, and they're bananas that uh, you put like um, agave syrup and sea salt uh, and cinnamon and dehydrate them. Mm. Um, They're unbelievable. So good. All right. Question number three, name a movie you're embarrassed to admit that you enjoy. So the movie that I've seen the most times is called Dying Young. And uh, it's nobody's seen it. Nobody's heard of it. But it was one of Julia Roberts' earlier films. And, um, yeah, I've seen it because the, the, her, her lead, the guy in there, is super cute. <laughs> just watching it. That works. All right. Uh, question number four. How do you recharge? Felicity loves to sleep. And when I say love, I really, I mean, it's like kind of my answer for everything. Like if I'm not, if I feel a cold coming on, everything shuts down and I sleep. And there's nothing like when you don't feel well, 12 hours, man, (laughs) that just, it's like you're a whole new person. It's like you've got a whole new life ahead of you. And and that's scriptural too, because when Elijah saw the prophets of Baal go down and, and all this, all of a sudden uh, Jezebel's coming to kill him. He gets so depressed, and the guy's like, just take a nap. There you go. I'm rest. telling you, he tells me that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question number five. Uh, other than Jesus, because it's too obvious, from what person in Scripture have you learned the most? I would have to say David. Um, I relate to him with the, you know, sexual sin. Um, I relate to him as a warrior. 
And I relate to him as a statesman. So man after God's heart, an artist, um, one of the first actors in the Bible pretending to be mad. Yeah, we have a lot in common. Very nice. I like that one. Uh, Question number six. Is there something in your life that you wish you could do over? Now, you could take this one of two ways. You could either say a regret that you want to fix or an experience that you had that you really would like to experience again. Oh, okay. Um, so I will say this in high school, we had to, um, my senior year, we had to write our epitaph for our grave Mm. and I wrote softly in her grave. She sets, she lived her life with no regrets. And I, I, I kind of live with that because I, I really work to learn from everything. So I don't really do the regret thing. But um, I will have to say that the first two years um, after I met my husband were just really amazing. Like God just did something very special to heal my heart. And there were so many unintentional things about Johnny that like he didn't know even he was doing. And I would just start crying because it just meant so much to me. Just Mm -hmm. God showing me like, girl, I got you. I saw you the whole time. Like, you didn't really need to like do all the things you did for yourself because I had something for you, you know? So um, just those moments of seeing like how deeply God loved me in the area that meant the most to me. It's really special. I like that. Very good. All right. So the final question, the interrogation, if elected, what is the first thing you do when you're sworn in? Well, um, I have a vision of myself saying, I don't, I don't know if I will do this or not, but I want to say that it's very important to me. I don't know if I'll be the first, you know, black woman to hold this position in this area, but it's very important to me to tell people that I don't care and that it would be really important to me to be known for doing a good job. Like, never talk about me like that. Always talk about me for my policies and, um, you know, for what I've done. And I, and I, I think I may say that because um, part of my sort of campaign speech that I've been giving is um, just letting people know that I want to uplift the values of Dr. Martin Luther King. And we, it's like, Every common person you know believes in the content of someone's character more than the color of their skin. But race has been used as a weapon against us. And so I want to bring healing to that by reminding us of what we already know that Dr. King established. But more importantly, he taught us that the faith of our forefathers was just as important when the country was founded as when he was doing the civil rights movement. And it is equally important to us today in our fight against Marxism and socialism. So I I look to bring healing in that area where the devil's been slamming us um, since the Obama pre- presidency. It's time for restoration um, back to the faith of our forefathers. Good word. I like that. All right. The final, final question we ask uh, every episode, every guest is uh, for anyone that's wanting to step up and use their gifts for God's glory, uh, what would your wise counsel be for them? My wise counsel is to really be, to really understand that every time you walk walk up to fear, it evaporates. Hmm. Whatever face that fear is showing you that's so scary, right? It's not necessarily making you feel like you want to walk toward it. Mm -hmm. But I tell you something, the more you walk toward it, you'll see that whatever you're looking at is transparent. And you'll just be absolutely able to walk through it. Fear is an illusion, it's an illusion. You don't need to be afraid. We're so afraid of so many things. And um, it's just trying to keep you from your destiny. It's trying to keep God's 
will from happening. And so um, that, that would be my encouragement. I believe that's what God really wants to say to people is to embrace him over fear. Absolutely. As you're talking, it, it got the old saying in my mind that uh, the same thing that, uh, or the thing that a balloon and a bully have in common is one good pop and they go away. And fear is kind of that bully. One good pop, you just go at it and it will evaporate. And uh, you'll find out uh, a strong a strength inside you that you probably didn't know existed. Amen. And that's really fun. You're like, wow, God, you're real. If you can embolden me, you know, if you really know yourself, if you've really seen yourself, you know that God has done something absolutely miraculous. You'll see how big your God is when you put yourself to the test. Amen. Amen. Well, Dr. Felicity Joyce Solomon, uh, candidate for uh, Illinois uh, State uh, Senate. Uh, find out more at kingdomconservativeparty.com slash felicity-joy-solomon. Uh, the link is in the show notes as well. And just uh, browse around the Kingdom Conservative Party, uh, see who is running in what state. We have two candidates here in Illinois. Uh, there's one that we talked about before we went on there in New Hampshire. And uh, there's a, a fourth in Florida as well. That's yes, on the ballot. that's right. And I, I want to mention that I am running a special that if you um, give monthly to my campaign uh, through now and November. After three months, I will send you a copy of my new book. Um, last year, I brought out Thought Garden, my first book, Thought Garden, and uh, Thought Garden 2 will be coming out in a few months, but it's only for people that support my campaign right now. And so if you give a donation of any size, I don't really care what it is, but just getting something monthly is very helpful. Or if you give a one-time donation of over $50, I'll get a list of all those names. You'll get the new book. And I thank you so, so much for your support. And thank you for putting me out there, Dave. It's really a blessing. Love you too, Kevin. Kevin's watching. Yeah. Kevin uh, and his wife, uh, Kristen, they uh, run creative motion network giving us all a great platform uh so if you're watching us live or you're watching us on youtube wherever check out creative motion network it's a free subscription on your roku device uh lots of great content there uh, you can find uh well-versed comedy you can find uh simply felicity you can find black conservative female uh you can find all sorts of stuff too much to list uh i think it's something like nine thousand programs now and, you know kevin maybe uh, correct me in the next few moments, but I know that they've got a bunch of programming there. Uh, so thanks, Kevin, for checking us out. And I uh, want to remind you again, uh, look for Felicity at uh, the KingdomConservativeParty.com. Uh, we posted her a link tree uh, in uh, the show notes as well as in the uh, live feed. So uh, check out where you can find her and follow her, uh, buy her book, uh, support her uh, monthly, weekly, daily, however you can afford. <laughs> we'll take that. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, they are. Kingdom Conservative is is 100% financing my campaign, and so it's it's really awesome. We are doing this so grassroots, so that I don't have to answer to anyone. I am running as a Republican, but um, I don't have to answer to them. I'm not taking their money. I'm I'm I'm. We're doing everything grassroots. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Felicity, thank you for joining us. Uh, next week we have a, a really fun show coming up. Uh, we're going to have uh, Caroline and Colby Harris. Uh, Caroline uh, founded Moms in the Making, which is a group that is close to, to me personally because uh, both uh, uh, my wife and a dear friend uh, are members uh, with Moms in the Making. So we're going to talk about Moms in the Making. And I'll be issuing a challenge to the husbands uh, next week as part of that. Uh, Moms in the Making is a phenomenal organization. It's a fertility support group for women that uh, – I have struggled producing, you know, seeing the next generation happen in their life. So it's a, it's a phenomenal organization. I encourage anybody, if you know somebody that maybe is having those struggles, to let them know about next week's show and hear about Moms in the Making. That's uh, awesome. We'll, we'll do that next week. And Felicity, I uh, wish you the best in the campaign trail. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll uh, do another one uh, when you're in Springfield. We'll do, we'll do another episode following up. Very exciting. Um, I look forward to that. Thank you. All right. Well, Felicity, thank you again. And we will see everyone next week here on Gifts of Glory. Mm-hmm.